Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf, and we are all about starting off your new year with a bang. Welcome to January. Welcome to 2020. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. I'm really excited because today I have as a guest on my show, Candace Smith. And Candace is the CEO and founder of Tango. She's a Harvard-educated sex educator and intimacy expert. And after dealing with sexlessness in her own relationship, she created Tango, the first subscription kit bringing couples closer with science-backed games for better intimacy and better sex. Candace is on a mission to transform the way we talk about sex and intimacy through play. Her work and opinions have been featured in I, dozens and dozens of international publications, including uh, some you've probably heard of, like Oprah Magazine, Forbes, NBC News, Cosmopolitan, BuzzFeed, Refinery29, Bustle, Mind Body Green. It goes on and on. So uh, it's great. Uh, you're going to love this interview with her. You're going to learn so much about how to really bring sex and intimacy to another level in your relationship. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey, everybody. So here I am with Candace Smith, and we are going to be covering everything about how to start your new year off with a bang, pun is totally intended, and really overcoming that roommate rut that so many of you write to me about and talk about. And we're going to cover the big mistakes you're making, some top tips for how to turn things around. And then, of course, Candice is going to have a great uh, little giveaway, a little freebie for you guys at the end. So welcome, Candice. So happy to have you on the show. Yes, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. It is such a pleasure. So thank you. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. So uh, real quickly, just tell us, how did you come to do this work? Uh, everyone's always interested in anyone who, you know, gets into, gets into the sex world. Uh, how, how, how did it come to you? Yeah, it definitely wasn't a linear path. <laughs> um, it started out um, because I really didn't have any sex ed growing up. So I became fascinated by uh, the taboo. It was really taboo in, in my childhood growing up. My parents didn't talk about it. They were way too embarrassed. And um, I realized that I didn't have any healthy intimacy modeled for me in my relationships, in my family relationships either. Mm. And so I ended up going into sexuality studies at Harvard because I was fascinated firstly by the topic of sex. And although I, I learned how to critically analyze porn, um, <laughs> I still didn't know, like it didn't translate into success in my relationships. I still didn't know how to talk about what I wanted because I'd never seen that modeled for me. Wow. And so I spent years really 
studying, it was kind of like a self-guided study as well as experimentation um, of what really makes for healthy intimacy in relationships. And furthermore, how to communicate, right? I think there's a lot of advice out there. I think everyone knows that if there's an issue, you do need to talk about it, right? Communicate is one of the top uh-huh. pieces of, of relationship advice out there. But, but the, the thing that's missing is how, right? Yes. How do we begin talking about it? And how do we even understand what we want so that we can advocate for our pleasure? That's great. And so that's really what got me into sex education. So I got my uh, my degree, my master's in uh, education, and ended up getting fascinated by the topic of intimate conversation and how to really spark that in a playfully passionate way. I love it. All right. So, and uh, talk quickly about the business you have now and what you're doing. Sure. So, my business is called Tango. So, I create and I curate. Um, intimacy education in a box. So the um, there are games that come inside of our kits. Every kit is themed. So the idea is you can order an experience that comes discreetly to your door. And inside the box are themed games that help you just start talking about what you want and explore, spice things up, introduce some variety. And, uh, and really start having healthy, intimate communication. I love it. I, you know, I talk with my clients a lot about sex and I'll end up, you know, pointing them towards one of the, we have a great stores here in this area in the Bay Area called Good Vibrations. Great, great stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome education. And, uh, but, and I'll, you know, give them suggestions and that kind of thing, but it's so much nicer to have a play by play to have something really laid out. Yeah. I think they're often looking for more and that's, you know, it's not my specialty. So uh, they're looking for more. So this is going to be great. Okay. So, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. And I'll also link to it in the sure. show notes for everybody who's interested. Uh, so let's talk about the top mistakes. You know, you and I spoke uh, earlier that there were these kind of four mistakes, and I really thought they were awesome. So I was hoping you would talk about those, and then we'll get into some tips. Absolutely. So I think mistake number one is uh, based on a myth that we all believe around uh, sex and desire, and I think it's something that we we get from media and we get it from our movies that we watch, um, and really it's that desire should be happening naturally to both of you at the same time, right? And, it, and the myth is mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, then something is wrong, right? Like it, sh- it should just happen, occur naturally, and we're both just going to want each other at the same exact time, and it's going to be <laughs> effortless and perfect. Oh, God. That's a, I, I agree, because I think it's, again, one of those things, anything that we're not taught specifically, I think people think, oh, we're not taught it because it must be natural. So how to love, how to be happy, how, you know, how to listen, how to communicate. We're not taught those things growing up. So we go, oh, we're just supposed to know how to do it. And this right. is one of them. So I wholeheartedly agree. And, and what do you think about the mindset too, that I, a lot of the couples I work with have been together a long time. And there's this idea that desire, uh, intimacy, sexual intimacy specifically is going to inevitably decline. Uh, as as you're together more than you know five or seven years, once it's not new anymore, it's just going to go away. Well, I think that's um, something that a lot of cu- couples run into, and although it may seem to be the truth that it that it inevitably will decline, it'll fizzle out, the spark will be gone, the flame will be extinguished, and that's not true. Um, it actually just requires uh, intention. Right. So if you put intention behind your intimacy, um, you can actually overcome some of the patterns that you tend to fall into. So a lot of the couples that I work with um, and couples that end up getting our tango kits have fallen into familiar patterns. Right. They do the same type Ah. of thing over and over. Foreplay looks exactly the same every time. The initiator, the initiating partner is the same every single time. Right. Um, The the actual intercourse is the same every time and then you roll over and go to sleep. 
right? Yes. So if it begins to look the same over and over again, you may have just fallen into a familiar pattern. Familiarity is great in some, in, like, in some instances, it's fantastic. Um, it's security, it's stability, um, and that's wonderful. But when it comes to intimacy and especially desire, um, a lot of times desire is, is fanned by mystery, right? It's, yeah. it's something different. It's fanned by variety. Um, if you think back to the beginning of your relationship, everything was new and it was exciting and it was uh, a discovery, right? Mm-hmm. And there are still things that you can discover in your intimacy after you've been together for a longer time. It's just about getting intentional with your, um, it's about getting intentional with what you're doing and trying to overcome these patterns. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so really shifting that mindset and we'll go, when we go into tips, I know we'll talk about this a little more, but so really shifting that mindset. And I actually think it's important for people to realize what their mindset is about it. You know, these, these Mm -hmm. beliefs we have that are just part of the wallpaper. We don't realize we have them (laughs) that things are a certain way, uh, or that sex, you know, even the beliefs, the mindset, sex only happens in a bed or at the end of the day, or when the Mm -hmm. lights are off or whatever those things are, uh, to really start to, uh, uncover those. And I, I think, you know, even having people, uh, I have them do it sometimes. I have them list what their beliefs are about sex uh, and intimacy, and physical yeah. intimacy. And they'll, they'll kind of look at me like, what do you mean my beliefs? And I said, anything that you're, any opinion you have is a belief. If it's your opinion that the light should be off when you have sex, that's a belief you have about it. You know, that any of right. those things. And it's very interesting how hard it is sometimes for people to uncover those because again, they haven't, like you're saying, you don't, there's not a lot of forums to talk about it. It's not something that we've spent a lot of time on. And so we don't even realize that we have these, these beliefs, these under underlying steadfast values about how sex should be or is, or what the facts are. Do you, do you exactly, exactly. Yes. I actually call them sexual, sexual shoulds. They're my, they're the things that I say, well, I should be looking this way. I should be performing this way. I should sound this way. I should smell this way. I should Mm. behave this way. (laughs) Um, And these shoulds that we put on ourselves become judgments Mm. and they become expectations. And if we don't meet our expectations about ourselves, if our partner doesn't meet our expectations for how they should be and perform and act and look, in the bedroom or outside of the bedroom, mm-hmm. um, it can lead to disappointment. Oh, oh, that's great. Okay. So that's our mindset. I love that. Uh, t- give me your uh, second mistake people make when they're thinking and talking about sex in the bedroom or in the, in, in the house <laughs> or outside yeah. in the car. <laughs> that's a belief, yeah. right? It needs to be in the bedroom. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think the, the big second mistake that couples make, especially if they're in the roommate rut, is that scheduling sex is not sexy. And I think that that falls under the myth of there's got to be a perfect time, Mm. right? Oh, well, we'll have sex when there's a, when there's a, uh, uh, later, you know, when there's a perfect time, when everything kind of, um, you know, when, when work is done, when the kids are put to bed, when everything is, um, you know, taken care of, that's when I'll have time for intimacy. Oh, oh, and that creates, that perfect I, time never happens. it doesn't happen. And, you know, I'm thinking about, um, how much that gets in the way of, uh, because it's never ever like what you're saying, a perfect time. And it's this idea that the only way sex is going to be fun is if it's spontaneous. Uh, and it also feeds into the idea that a lot of my clients have, you know, I have people in a couple who don't look forward to sex, who don't, you know, they're tired, they don't want to think about it. And so having it scheduled means, oh, I really actually have to do it. And I think that that gets in their way too. What do you say to that when they talk like that? Well, I say, let's expand your definition of sex. Let's expand your definition of what intimacy really is. 
right? Because let's say, let's say you're a new mom. I get this a lot because I work with a lot of new moms and, and mm-hmm. moms with, with young babies. And they tend to get uh, what's known as overtouched, right? They're touched so much during oh. the day that at the end of the day, when, uh, when hubby comes home, please don't touch me. I've been getting touched and grabbed and, and bitten and, you know, all the things and put hair pulled. I am done being touched by the end of the day. I, I don't have time and I don't want it. And it leads to, um, you know, the, the partner feeling rejected. Yes. And then the other, and then the partner who is, who is doing the rejecting begins feeling guilty, but yep. also resentful, yep. right? Which, which is a, a snowball effect uh, when you are headed towards the roommate rut. But, um, so anyways, going back to, to the tip, what I say is expand your definition of sex, expand your definition of, of intimacy. I understand if maybe, um, you know, you have young children and you're worried about someone coming in the room. Um, but not all sex has to be penetration. Not right. all sex has to be completely naked. You know, you could just, yep make out. You could just <laughs> massage each other's feet or, you know, do, do a scalp massage or just hug each other, just cuddle. Yeah. Right? Just make time for low, low stakes intimacy. I love this idea. Let me ask this. Do you, so sometimes what I run into is, and this, it's going to sound so, um, sexist, but it's how it's usually presented to me that women don't want to cuddle or touch or or massage with their man because then it's going to lead to sex and they don't want sex. Mm -hmm. So they don't do any touching, which becomes the problem. So do you think that beforehand they should have that conversation or how should that look so that, or how could that look so that women don't feel that pressure? Absolutely. I, um, so I, I call them triggers, right? So I, I was recently speaking with a client who um, loved touch. She loved to be cuddled by her partner and she craved it. It was one of her love languages was touch. And she, she needed that as an affirmation of security in their relationship. But the problem was to her partner, it was, well, this is going to be uh, you know, the fast track to sex. Mm-hmm. And so she started over the course of a few months, she started to withdraw because uh, she said, every time he touches me, I want him to touch me so badly. And we'll be sitting on two, two ends of the couch, you know, their phones out. And I'm just like, God, I just want him to cuddle with me. It's been a long day. Um, but I know that if I invite him over to me, it's going to be expectation for sex. And so she just sat there with that weighing on her, on her chest. She, you know, she said it felt like a very physical anxiety. Um, and I said, well, that, that is a trigger for you then, right? He touches you. That is the pattern of initiation that you are now recognizing as, as something that leads to sex. And I said, flip the script. You've identified this pattern and that's great, right? You've identified that mm-hmm. this is the thing that kicks it off do something different. You know, maybe, and of course, talk about it. Absolutely talk about it. Say, Hey, listen, um, I'm not in the mood for X, but I would love to do Y with you. Yeah. Right. I'm not in the mood for X, but I would love to do Y with you. And let's say that leads to her partner feeling the expectation for sex. Well, there are other ways that you can interact with each other. If you feel like pleasing him, if you feel like giving him oral sex, that's great. If he feels like pleasuring himself, that's fantastic, right? There's no need for it to necessarily end Mm -hmm. in physical intercourse every single time. That's great. Okay. So, and really, again, it comes down to talking about it, to Mm -hmm. putting it out there and having those signals. I have uh, a couple who they use the red, green, yellow, (laughs) sort of like a light. I thought it was really smart. Um, They, and they'll say, uh, so yellow is, it's sex with, it's uh, touching without sex, Um, you know? Mm. And so it's, uh, and red is like, I just can't be touched right this minute. And again, they have like young kids and she's got kids hanging off her all day. Um, But, 
and then and sometimes she says we're do you know we're in a yellow mode and then I go hey it's green you know <laughs> like I sort of right. let him know um and I do want to say obviously this can happen reverse genders you know yes. uh, men can be not wanting sex and women do but um but either way so having any kind of language that really helps facilitate you know, mm -hmm. communicating and really letting each other know what you need and want, I think is, is awesome. So, oh, I love that. Okay. I love, this I love codes. I think that codes Ooh. and, um, and using like that, that kind of stoplight language or, or having, um, a secret word or something like that, that also mm -hmm. makes it playful. It does. You're right. It brings a little fun into it. That's, it's so great. And it should be fun. It should <laughs> be. We should be having some fun in there. So scheduling sex is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, just I'm throwing that out there to people to really be clear on what we're saying, that scheduling sex is such a good idea. And it doesn't mean you can't have sex when it's not scheduled. It just means that you know for sure you have some times in there uh, when it is. And again, you can decide what that means for sex. It doesn't have to be exactly. intercourse. You know, it could be all kinds of other stuff. But it's really scheduling physically intimate time together. Um, yes. I think that's really what we're doing at the end of the day. Okay, I love it. So what's mistake number three? So mistake number three is forgetting that sex is effort. And I think it mm. kind of ties into the, the previous two a little bit, but I think that really pulling that out and reminding people that sex does actually require effort. And I get pushback on this sometimes because um, I get the response that, well, it, it was an effort at the beginning of the relationship. What happened? Uh, right. What, what happened to us? I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't always effort. Why is it effort now? And does that mean that there's something wrong with us? Uh, and, you know, you said the best thing to me last time we talked, which I have to tell you, I've repeated 10 times. So, I, <laughs> and I gave you credit because I thought it was brilliant. Um, because when we were talking about this, you, you said to me, you know, the, the thing is you are putting effort in the beginning. You, yes. it's just that you're excited. So you don't see it as effort, but that's exactly, exactly what it is, right? You're out buying new outfits. Maybe, you know, women are getting waxed or shaving their legs or, you know, they're, they're making sure they smell good. You're, you're caring what you put on. You're making plans maybe and scheduling, you know, a great show or a beautiful walk somewhere. You're investigating things on the internet of things you can do. I mean, all of this is effort, but because there's that excitement, you don't realize that's what it is. And I just, I have to tell you, I gave you lots of credit with lots of people I talked to because I thought that was, it's so true. And I, I people yes. have said that to me for years. It was an effort and I never thought to say that. So, right. So this, this effort in the beginning is a wonderful thing, but how come we don't notice that it's effort? <laughs> well, I think, I think we, we also don't notice it. Right. Like you said, there's, there's the discovery piece of it and, and that's exciting. And there's the anticipation of getting to know more. Um, I think there's also, I mean, studies have shown that, that when um, you're first in the beginning stages of a relationship, your brain is actually helping you out too. Yes. Um, by creating a, a love cocktail, a chemical of hormones um, that is actually helping you bond with your partner. Um, so you're feeling all of these, these different feelings and it, and it feels a little bit like obsession and it feels a little bit like, um, you know, the, the, the world would be over if you never see this person again. And it really is your brain helping you along. So it feels much less like effort um, because you're getting that helping hand. It's a, it's a biochemical reaction to getting to know somebody. Um, but it really is all the time. Think about all the time that you invested into preparing for those dates. Think about all the emotional labor involved in thinking about when are they going to text me back? When are they going to call me back? When am I going to see them again? Over, over second guessing every word that you say to that person, all of that is effort. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so good. I love that. And I, you know, I'm going to digress for a minute because everyone out there listening knows I love the research and uh, I love that you brought up that research. It's, and I've been talking to people a lot 
you know, about, and it really goes back to our last thing of uh, that sex will just naturally, or this feeling, this, that lustful, excited in love feeling goes away. And uh, Helen Fisher, you know, she used to be at Rutgers. Now she's a McKinsey uh, research fellow. You know, she's the a biological anthropologist. And she talks about, they've been doing these studies where they take M MRIs. They actually do like these F uh, functional MRIs of couples who say that they're newly in love. You know, mm -hmm. they just are brand new. And then couples who've been together more than 20 years who profess to being in love. And, you know, a lot of times you meet these couples who seem like, oh, we're so in love, we've been together 30 years, and people are rolling their eyes going, yeah, no, they're not, they're just saying that or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. what she's done and is still doing, is their study is still open, is they're comparing the MRIs. So they, they do these MRIs of those couples also who've been together over 20 years who profess, who say, we're really in love. And mm -hmm. the scans are identical. The, the, uh, the couples over 20 years and these brand new couples in love. So, uh, and I think she does a TED talk on this now, but talk, talking about how it, you can't, you absolutely can have that in love feeling uh, still or again, uh, much mm -hmm. later into the relationship. So anyway, just throwing that out along with this, that that chemistry can work no matter how long you've been together. But again, it's doing these things that we're talking about. That's going to really put that at the forefront. So Love it, love it, love it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it really is like training your brain. It's yes. training your brain to maintain intimacy and feelings of love and feelings of passion and that discovery and newness, but it all is intentional. I love it. Love it. Okay. So tell me about the last mistake, mistake number four. Right. So when couples are in the roommate rut, one of the most common mistakes that I'm seeing um, is that they tend to isolate themselves and they don't communicate with their partner what they're feeling and what they're facing. And mm. the problem is they're feeling alone. They're feeling ashamed. They may be feeling resentful or guilty or rejected, right? On both sides. It doesn't matter whether you're the, the one who's getting rejected or the one who's rejecting. You're both feeling those same feelings and you go into your own head and don't talk about it and it becomes the elephant in the room. Oh. And, it, and it gets bigger and bigger until both of you can't breathe because it's stifling you both um, when really intimacy should be faced as a team. Love it. Love it. I, and you know, my, as everyone knows, my, my TED talks about this, this idea that we're a shared resource, that there's nothing that's a you problem or a me problem. Everything is a we problem. And if, if yeah. your partner is feeling overwhelmed or guilty or resentful, or whatever they might be feeling when it comes to your physical intimacy, that's not a them problem. That's not, oh, well, my husband's frigid, you know, did we say frigid for men? But you know what I mean? My husband doesn't have sex anymore. Or, you know, my, my, uh, my girlfriend is, uh, doesn't, you know, is, is, won't let me touch her. And so they need, you know, the other person needs to work on that. You, know, you need to go to the therapist. You need to work on this. You need to talk to your friends, whatever. Uh, instead to realize that that's, do not isolate yourself from that. You have to talk to each other about it. This is all part of the communication, right? This is all part exactly. of, right? The being in communication. I love it. I think it's so important. And I think a lot of people really do. They don't want to necessarily talk to their friends about it because they're embarrassed about it on some level. Right. Or when they do talk about it. It's just to complain, which isn't really talking about it. It's just complaining mm -hmm. about it. Uh, so I think that's so, so important not, not to isolate yourself and whatever this is, got to, got to share it, got to get out there and get comfortable. Love it. Exactly. And I think also that there's a fear, um, that can come with that too. The, I mean, the more that you sit with your own thoughts and the more that you stew over this, that's where the anxiety start to come in. That's where the insecurity start to come in. And if, and I've seen very frequently, it's a question of, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want sex right now, but does that mean that my partner is going to start wanting someone else? Yes. Does that mean that my partner, uh, you know, my partner has been rejecting me. Does that mean that they're not into me anymore? Yeah. That it's oh. not working. And yep. then it, that leads to any number of other issues um, that are, that, that then it, it leaks outside of the bedroom. Really? Yes. yes. Well, and I think that what's going on outside the bedroom leaks in. 
You know, there's yes. this back and forth because really at the end of the day, it's about trust. It's about yes. really trusting your partner. And I, I talk about this a lot because, and, and that trust creates this vulnerability. Good, great intimacy and sex is, is messy. <laughs> you know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of messiness to it. And if we're not vulnerable and don't trust our partners, then it, it doesn't get great because we, you know, you yes. got to be willing to, to, you know, not, not be thinking about how your ass looks or, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're throwing up a little when you give them a blowjob or whatever, you know, <laughs> things can be really messy and it's, yeah. it's about really feeling like that's a safe place for that to happen. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's one of the, oh, sorry. Um, no, please. That's one of the big things that, that I talk about, um, especially with my tango kits is intimacy, intimacy and intimate communication um, is meant to feel vulnerable, right? And if it feels awkward, if you've hit an awkward speed bump, sit with it, right? Acknowledge it, flow with it. Because what that means is you've hit another level of vulnerability, Wow. Right. So if it feels yeah. a little awkward to you, sit with it, acknowledge it. Hey, it feels a little awkward right now. This is funny, right? This is silly. And then you can laugh about it. And when you laugh about it, then you normalize it, right? You destigmatize it. And That's then great. you become that much closer. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. These are moments where it can deepen the relationship when you work <laughs> through them. And right. so, right. And not just being on these sort of opposing opposing sides trying to figure stuff out. So I love that. Love that. Okay. So these are our big four mistakes. Uh, you know, looking at your mindset, thinking that, not thinking that you can, uh, that scheduling it is bad, right? Uh, that desire mm -hmm. should be natural. Uh, putting that it's going to take some effort and there was effort in the beginning. You just didn't realize it because you were excited <laughs> and there's yeah. effort now and not to isolate yourself, you know, talk to your partner. So love those, love those. So let's get on. I know people are chomping at the bit. Let's get into the tips, what to do. Uh, so, so where should we start? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. I like to start with a very simple tip because my my I have my couples are always asking me like, oh my gosh, well now I have to start scheduling sex and now, you know, I, I'm still my libido isn't back yet and I'm still overtouched. And what do I do? Right? Yep. And I say, why don't you make out? Mm. Just kiss each other. Right? It's actually been proven, scientifically proven, that making out has um for couples that have been in, in relationships for a long period of time, if they make out, they're still feeling, um, I guess, I guess that I would say they they feel report feeling more sexually satisfied than couples that don't. And it's wow. one of the biggest, um, it's one of the biggest behaviors that goes away the longer that you're in a relationship. There was a study, I think it was like, a, Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to misquote the number, but it was, it was one of the largest, um, online studies ever done of couples mm. and they found, um, unequivocally that making out was one of the biggest things that you could do to increase sexual satisfaction in your relationship. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I'm a big proponent of the make out 
and do it (laughs) quite often. And I do want to say, I think that people get in their heads that making out is like, oh, we're going to sit for a half hour and make out. I, Mm -hmm. we have a thing where, uh, when, when my partner comes home that we make out at the door and (laughs) we do, we, we get into it right there at the door. So, you know, he, he's literally like holding us or I'm holding my bag still or whatever I come in the door with. (laughs) And, uh, so that's not a long make out session people. That's, you know, that's, but it's, you know, there's tongue, there's like some real grabbing, grabbing each other. There's this moment mm-hmm. and it's so fun. So of course we get all excited to see each other because you know that's going to happen. And uh, it's a really great, it takes a second, but it immediately sets the tone. It immediately creates connection. It, it creates some uh, energy that's up as opposed to, oh, honey, you're home. Yeah, bye. Hi, how was your day? Good. You know, that sort right. of stuff. It really creates that uh, that little bit, and I talk a lot about greeting your partner at the door when they come home. Whoever comes home mm-hmm. first, and if you don't want to make out, you don't have to. Uh, but to really just greet them, to say hi, to connect, you know, to, to physically stop whatever you're doing, walk over. They come in the door. You say hi, welcome home. Glad you're here. Just have that moment is so big, and because you're reconnecting, you've been apart probably for hours and hours and hours. So what a nice thing to really say. Okay, we're here together. It's very intentional, as we've been talking about. Uh, Exactly. I I love the makeout, and to not be afraid that it has to be hours of doing it. Yeah, and and I, I love also what you're saying about greeting your partner at the door, and you know physically stepping away from whatever it is that you're doing. Um, there's there's so much literature on the importance of affirmations and the importance of validating your partner, and I think that you know taking the time to step away from whatever it is you're doing, taking the time to flip your phone over. The screen is the screen has been proven to be a distraction. Yeah. And a detractor to intimacy in relationships in all kinds of relationships, really. Um, you know, flip flip your phone over, walk away from it, take the time to really greet your partner um, and be present with them for a few moments is so, so understated but so important. Yep. I, I don't think there's much more that you know than that to really if you if you want to do nothing else to shift your relationship, start with that. It's mm-hmm. the simplest thing you can do. Uh, and also anytime, you know, we leave the house from each other, we always stop and give each other a kiss. We always come again, physically to each other Mm -hmm. and say goodbye. And there's always a kiss. That's not usually a makeout session, but (laughs) there's a little, uh, there's a, there's a a real kiss goodbye. And Mm -hmm. I, again, there's just these, they're small, you know, it takes us literally, you know, all of that probably is a minute or two out of our day. When you think of a minute or two out of your day, it's nothing. And yet it really creates those little mini micro connections that help, you know, all these are building blocks to a great intimate sexual life. And if you think of them that way, as opposed to isolated incidents that all kind of happen, and instead think of like a, you know, this fat, this thread that you're putting through the fabric of your relationship, it really starts to add up and create some momentum. So uh, I, you know, I really, yeah, I can't say enough about the kissing and making out. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, that actually is a perfect lead into um, the second solution, um, it, which is to intentionally prioritize intimacy in both large and small ways. Um, and I think what you were saying about these little micro connections uh, is so, so important. I like to think of uh, and explain relationships like a, like a garden, right? Uh-huh. You're, you're, um, you're planting all these different flowers. Um, you've got these different flower beds. And, and um, the thing about flowers is you don't need to tend to them. You don't need to give them fertilizer every single day for them to flourish right? You water them when you need to water them and, and then you let it blossom, right? You, Mm. you take out the bad weeds when they start to pop up, right? You don't let them (laughs) take deep root. Um, and, and you just nurture consistently, right? With small touches. It's all about that consistent nurture. You don't need to pull out all the stops. You don't need to, um, you know, have, have big, sex session with the lingerie and the candles and, and, you know, the rose petals on the bed every single night, right? That's, that's not what 
successful intimacy is about. It is about those small things that you can do. And so I had, um, this was actually just the other day, I had a client reach out to me. Um, she was, she was in a panic. She was saying, you know, I, I've, I've been trying to, to do these exercises and, and, you know, work is just crazy. It's the end of the year. I don't know what to do. Um, and, and I really haven't even seen my partner much. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm failing at everything. It's, it's just all a big mess. Aww. And I said, I said, well, firstly, calm down. <laughs> just breathe. <laughs> She's at our work desk. She's like hyperventilating. I said, firstly, just breathe. You know, take a few moments. And, um, and what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take five minutes. And I just want you to write down for yourself, what are five things that you really appreciate about your partner? Like, just take a few moments. And I want you to write that down for yourself. And then when, when you have your list, I want you to send it to your partner. I want you to let, let him know what are just five things, just randomly, that, you know, it's, it's not anything that he's expecting from you, but just randomly let him know today five things that you really appreciate about him. Aw. Right? It's a little gesture, and she said it was great. He, he responded very well. It made her feel reconnected, right, because she was feeling a little insecure and unstable about not seeing him. And little things like that, if you intentionally prioritize reaching out to your partner, connecting with your partner in these little ways. Uh, it means so much to both of you. I love that. And that, again, is part of this really thinking about, uh, not just thinking about sex the, you know, half hour before you're having it, <laughs> right. but, right. or not just to be thinking about sex, but to be thinking about intimacy, closeness, connection, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, there's a, there's a saying that's been around forever that I have found usually pretty true, which is that uh, women need to feel close to have sex and men like to have sex to feel close. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and for me, that, that in my practice, that seems to hold pretty true. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's the thing that, so that people miss is, so if you're a woman feeling this way, then yes, reach out, create connection, because that'll help you. If, especially yes. if you feel like you're not in the mood very often, this will help. And for the men listening, uh, you know, for heterosexual couples, for the men listening, it's the same, right? Think about, oh, my women generally like to f need to feel closer or just if you're two men and a couple or two women, you know, just know your partner. And if you know mm -hmm. that they like to have that connection, then you be the one reaching out and sending a little text. You be the one, you know, just remember that, that there's, there's all these pieces, these ways that we connect with each other that have to be there. And that again, are always like kind of stoking the fire, so to speak, right? You know, you're, yes. I think of these little embers that are always sort of burning and you, you want them always burning uh, at some low level and you can stoke them higher, you know, with a makeout session, mm -hmm. but you can also just throw little pieces of kindling on by having these other kinds of connections. Um, exactly. I, I even have a thing where I don't, um, I don't just uh, get, dressed or undressed in front of Gary. I don't do it. Um, I mm. feel like it's really special to see me naked. And it's, uh, you know, this, I want yeah. this to not feel so familiar all the time. So when I'm, when I'm getting dressed, I like to be alone anyway. I'm just like, yeah, the room, I want to be alone. <laughs> I want to like put together, put, and you get to see like this finished product. You know what I mean? That looks right. sort of amazing that you don't notice I have Spanx on or you're not seeing, you know, how, how it looks when I'm making a funny face, putting on my mascara. Um, and then, but when I'm getting undressed at night, you know, if we're in the room together, I, yeah, I, I, I don't make it like some show with feathers or anything, but I'm very aware of him watching me. So it's a thing, you know, I make sure that that is, is something to watch, um, even for those few seconds. And so, and that doesn't mean we're going to get in bed and have sex necessarily, but it's just, again, sort of keeping the embers little kindling on the embers. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and it also goes back to what we were saying before about, about familiarity and, yeah. and um, cultivating mystery in your relationship. Oh, and people listening know I have, I have a peeve. My big pet peeve is the damn bathroom door. <laughs> I am like, close the door. <laughs> close the door. And I hear people, it's like, oh, you're being a prude and, and, uh, oh, you know, 
uh, that's silly, that has nothing to do with it, or, and yes, it does. Yes, it friggin' does. You know, there's just <laughs> this level of, because to me, it's more about holding my partner in a special place and not over-familiarizing. And it's hard enough, if you live with someone, it is hard enough not to become over, overly familiar. I have to tell you, to keep things kind of fresh and happening is, it takes, does take more quote unquote effort or work. So I why agree. not make it a little easier and close the damn bathroom door? Uh, you know, <laughs> don't, you don't have to fart in front of each other. You don't have to, you know, you can leave the room. I, I say a lot, if you wouldn't do it on the first date, don't, don't do it. Mm, right. Very interesting practice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <Absolutely. laughs> and, and on the first date, you probably could have gotten away with it, frankly, because there's all that, you know, sexual heat and everything's so crazy. It's, it's really right. after, you know, 10 years that you really can't get away with it. Uh, that's when that other kind of effort has to be there. But I really encourage people all the time. And I don't know what you think of that, but I, it, I have to say it's one of my pet peeves. I'm like, close the bathroom door, put the fan on, light a match. Come on. Uh, let's keep a little mystery alive. Well, listen, I, I think that, you know, there, there is something to be said about, about becoming over familiar with your partner. And I think that mystery and playfulness, whatever you need to do to cultivate that for yourself, if you find that you have been falling into that pattern and the bathroom door is one of those things that is open, it's worth trying to break the pattern. Try something different and see how that works for you. I love that. I love that. Uh, Okay, great. So, and I do want to talk about um, how people feel about their bodies a little, which I think is going to come up a lot with your third tip, uh, because that's one of the things that, of course, especially after babies or just as people are together and they gain a little weight or they're just not as young anymore, you know, my, my boobs are not where they were. 20, 20 years (laughs) ago, you know? And uh, so, you know, what, when people are feeling self-conscious or don't want to have sex because they're waiting to like lose weight or whatever, or mm-hmm. they just want the lights off all the time. I'm always amazed by that. Um, or keeping clothing on all the time, you know, covering things. Um, what do you say to that? And, and I don't know if that does lead into your third tip or not, but I, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it today. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think it really does. Um, get playful. That's my third, my third tip to anyone who is worrying about sexual intimacy. It seems like such a serious problem, right? It weighs on you. You're anxious about it. Your partner's anxious about it. You're not talking. And then I say, play some games. And people are like, hold the record. What? <laughs> like, how can I, how do I suddenly start playing games with my partner when this has been a huge issue for us, right? You're, you're trivializing. And I say, not at all. Right? I actually think of this as like pleasure hacking for your brain. Mm. Um, I think that playing games uh, and laughter has been proven to be one of the best ways um, to build social bonds. It has been proven to reduce anxiety and fear. It increases endorphins. It increases feelings of well-being. Um, and it also helps you overcome awkwardness. Right. Wow. So it, it changes the atmosphere of whatever serious situation. I mean, think, think about comedians, right? They deal with some of the darkest things, like they joke about some of the darkest things that we could ever face uh, in humanity, right? They get really dark with it, but yeah. they add humor to it, right? That's why, that's why we're not crying <laughs> while we're Good listening point. to comedians, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to change the atmosphere of your sexual intimacy, play some games. And that's really where the whole concept of my tango kits came about. That's why I, I started to do that because I play games myself. I play wow. games all the time with my partner. And it is a very important part of keeping the intimacy going and keeping our spark going in our relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's about introducing creativity. When you're creative um, and you're playing a game, you're more open-minded. Oh. You're more receptive. You're more competitive. And competition <laughs> can be quite sexy. Um, and you're more open to conversation, right? And conversation, of course, um, talking about sex can lead to arousal because really sex starts in the brain. Yeah. And so if you have all of these 
um, blockages around intimacy. You, you're feeling anxiety. You're feeling uh, resentment. Um, you're you're feeling insecure about your body. Right, playing some sort of game helps you ease into intimacy, and it gets you out of your head. Oh, it's great. Oh, I love that. It's it mm-hmm. it is. I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think because sex can become such a lightning rod of negativity, you know, mm-hmm. I want more, I want less, or don't touch me, or touch me, whatever that is, that just the, you know, it just sounds right. Common sense wise, if you think, yes, put in some lightness, put in yes. some, put some breathing room in there, put some air in there. Uh, I know that, you know, when I've told, had couples, I've, you know, said, oh, get some sex dice or something, right? And I'll say to them, don't mm-hmm. have sex, but use the dice. Just, you know, do that. And, uh, and I do in my own relationship too. It's, it's so fun. And it does it, you know, you're, you're one minute you're laughing the next minute you're really passionate and really turned on. And there's a sort of lovely way that it kind of goes back and forth because again, I, I think people get in their heads that it's either very serious, you know, just in that, in that space, or it's, um, it's really light, but then it's not sexy. And right. it really can be both. I think you need both. You do. You really do. I, I totally agree. And I think that laughter has its place both in foreplay, during play, and aftercare. I think it, it is really important during every single stage. I mean, if you can't laugh about it, um, especially when something gets awkward. Um, it becomes that much harder to be open and communicate about it. Right? Oh, so true. Oh, it's so good. And you actually just mentioned a word that we hadn't discussed before, but I want you to just talk about it briefly and then we'll talk about what Candace has for you. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, I love that idea, the aftercare, like what, what happens after? Sure. Yes, absolutely. I think it's such an important piece of um, sexual intimacy or, or intimacy in any form really, but, but especially sexual intimacy. I think aftercare is actually a term that comes from uh, and was popularized by BDSM, but it, mm-hmm. I personally feel like it is applicable to anybody because the, the purpose of, of aftercare is really just to check in with your partner and see how they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that they are feeling taken care of. Make sure that whatever you were doing felt good and uh, if there was anything that wasn't great, you know, maybe change that up for next time or, you know, what could I do more of? How did I please you? What did you love about that? Um, so just checking in verbally and then also keeping, maintaining touch. So it's a, oh, it's a nice. verbal and a physical form of touch. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's a, and I'm going to give, uh, I just realized one, one last tip is before we get to your, um, what you're giving us, uh, mm-hmm. the, there's a, there's a, a exercise I've used from Jack Camfield and I've given it to couples for in a variety of settings, but one of them I do is around sex. And what you do is the two of you, you ask the other person on a scale of one to 10, 10 being that was the most, the best rock star sex I ever had. And mm-hmm. one being, it wasn't very good. You ask the person like, what would you give it? And they're going to give you a number. Hold on before you get worried out there. Uh, so they'll give you a number. Let's say, it's, let's say it's six or seven. And what you want to ask next is, what would it take to make it a 10? Yes. And the person has to give you up to three, can't be more than three, suggestions, but they have to be in the positive. So mm-hmm. it can't be, well, I don't like it when you, you know, blow on my neck or I don't like it when you blah, 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 or it wasn't very good, you know, it was too quick or whatever. Instead, mm-hmm. you want to say what you do want. So it's in the positive, you know, uh, I would love it if we made out for longer. Um, you know, yes. that would have been great for me. I would have, you know, loved it if, I don't know, whatever it was, right, that you want. And what that it's really amazing what it does it because because it's all framed in the positive because sometimes people just don't feel like they know how to ask for things mm-hmm. or how to say things and uh, don't 
it, and when you get that kind of number, it really does sort of let you know where you are. Because I got to tell you, I got people sometimes who think they have a rockin' sex life and their partner thinks it's horrible. And it, but, and it, that's hard, right? Like, oh, great. I'd give it a two and you'd give it an eight. What the heck? And this is a way to bridge that. And plus, the, to me, the goal is always a 10. Why not? Like, let's have a, ten, <laughs> let's have tens. Yeah. And I, it's not something I would ask every single time I had sex, but, or, you know, we're together, but really think about occasionally asking this. It's very vulnerable, of course. It's very out there, but it's really a great way to truly know where your partner is and what mm-hmm. you can do to please them. Because I've definitely had people ask for things and their partner, you know, they'll say like, oh, you know, I told you I like it when you, you know, kiss my toes. And their partner's like, I never heard you say that. I, what? You know? And so really doing it in this way gives people very actionable items, a lot of clarity about what they can do. And obviously you can say yes or no to what they're asking. You know, they might say, well, to get to a 10, I need a third person in the room, you know, and you might go, nope, I'm not down with that. Like what else? You know, so that's okay. You can say no, but it's just a really great way to have another level of having this conversation um, about what you want next. So I just want to throw that in there because I love the aftercare. I've only heard of that in BDSM. I hadn't really thought of that for this. I love you introducing that. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think, I think that, um, well, that's why I make it a, a core component. I call it intimacy huddles in my tango kits. <laughs> Every single kit, no matter what the theme is, I have like presence and cheese and control. And no matter what the theme is, there's always an intimacy huddle component because it's about training yourself and training your partner to become comfortable with giving feedback, positive feedback, but just explaining, what, um, explaining what's working for you. Oh, it's great. Because if you don't talk about it, then the the communication becomes like, well, I, I wonder if they like this. Let me try this. Let me see. Well, maybe, you know, she she flexed her toes. Does that mean that she likes <laughs> it? I'm not really sure. Right? It becomes a guessing game. Oh. And we don't want sex to be a guessing game. No, that's great. Uh, oh, this is all such good information. I know people are going to take away so many pieces from it. So I love it. And tell, uh, tell my listeners, first of all, where they can find you. And second, what, um, what you have for them. Sure. Absolutely. So you can find me, uh, and you can find Tango at, uh, www.tango.love, L-O-V-E. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Tango Kit, on Twitter at the Tango Kit, uh, and on Facebook at the Tango Kid, uh, so we try to keep it keep it easy for you. That was easy, um, easy, right? Yeah. I and love it. as as far as um, the giveaway, so I actually wanted to give your listeners the opportunity to try one of our Tango games. Um, it's easy; you don't need any toys for it. Um, obviously, my kits come with curated items and then uh, games that go with those items. But this one doesn't require any toys um, so that you can ease into uh, getting, getting playfully passionate in your bedroom. Oh, I love it. And we will, I will link to that in my show notes. Uh, so you can find that easily on the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Uh, and so you can, and I really want you to start this new year with a bang. And this is such a great way to do it. So thank you so much for being here, Candace. It was awesome. Oh, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me on. Okay. All right, everybody. I will talk to you next week. Have an amazing new, you know, first week of your new year and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.